0: You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emace Road Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors here, and I'm joined today by Matt Grune, another pastor at Emace Road. And we are in Psalm 8 today. This is our Monday episode we call Hear and Obey. And we are reading through and just reflecting on the, the text of Scripture that was preached on Sunday. So I'm going to read Psalm 8 and pray, and then Matt and I will talk through this Psalm 8. praise to you and declare your name is majestic in all the earth and we thank you for your works and how you have acted in the universe and in history to make your name majestic so that we might see and know your glory we pray that the effect of psalmate on our hearts right now would be to stir up our affection for you and our wholehearted praise of the glory of your name so bless this conversation to that end in jesus name Amen. Amen. What stands out? <laughs> Psalm 8. I, I know personally, uh, as Logan preached this, it was helpful. He drew attention right off the bat, oh Lord, our Lord. Mm-hmm. That language, um, not just, it, you know, it's easy to pass over minor wording that might seem insignificant, but to to hang on every word, oh Lord, our Lord, the covenantal nature of this relationship. He's not just... A god who is big and transcendent creator of the universe and far removed but he's he is our lord Mm. Um, personally we are in relationship with him that now i catch that reading it today uh, because logan drew our attention to that yesterday that um, psalm 8 is expressing that that nearness of of relationship yeah and and that seems to be a running Theme does it not of the Psalms? I mean, mm-hmm. um, the
1: O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? Uh, Psalm thirteen. Will you forsake me forever, O Lord, my God? Yeah. Um, you know that is the the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm twenty three. There's just throughout the Psalms we see over and over again, whether it's lament or praise or uh, imprecatory, whatever category of the Psalms it is mm. the, the, the unique running thing is that they are directed towards God and God alone and that he is and that we claim him as ours because he has claimed us so there's this covenantal protection over the the emotions if you will because I mean I think we know that the Psalms are so relatable because they express um, in poetic language and song form mm. That which is most in us This kind of stirring And we know We all know Emotions Affections They come and go Um, And we can be ruled by them Or not But just that phrase Oh Lord Our God Or my God Just helps ground it Outside of us Mm. That even in the midst of Our You know Lamenting Or Mm -hmm. weeping Or in the midst of our Praising That there is a touch point A cornerstone That it's all built on Mm. um, And that this God that's being described, this majestic God, is ours. Yeah. Um, what nation has a God like ours, so near to us that that can dwell with us, that is so good to us? Um, mm-hmm. And I just thought Logan just did such an excellent job of of highlighting that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his 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 prop his proposition was so relatable. God reveals His majestic glory, His goodness and grace to secure our awe inspired. And I think that's such a good way of summarizing what's taking place because um, this psalm is moving towards something. I mean, it begins and ends with this hymn refrain. Mm -hmm. Um, Derek Kidner, he says, this psalm is an an unsurpassed example of what a hymn should be, (laughs) celebrating as it does the glory and grace of God, rehearsing who he is, what he's done, and relating it to us and our world to him all with the master, he says, all with the masterly economy of words and a spirit of mingled joy and awe. Mm. But it begins and ends with God himself and its overriding theme is how excellent is thy name. That's, I mean, I don't know about you, but this was one of the first, Psalm 23 and Psalm 8 were some of the first Psalms I remember Mm -hmm. memorizing, committing to memory, partly because of just the rhythm of this psalm like yep. it has a beginning that's the same as the end and you know when you get there oh i know this part yeah <laughs> and uh it has a nice structure to it as you know years later And when in, in theology courses we realize as logan said it's a chiasm oh that makes sense um so I, it just this is such a sweet psalm to me yeah. um yeah and it's it really does
0: uh turn our eyes to to god in the heavens who is majestic yeah i and- just It stands out to me how um, throughout the whole psalm, it, it's just reflecting, like Kidner says there, it's rehearsing who God is and what he has done, mm-hmm. that God has acted in certain ways to make his glory known. And that is a source of incredible hope and comfort to me, kind of like Logan was mentioning in his sermon, how easy it is. He started out in his introduction talking about Christopher Hitchens, an mm-hmm. atheist who can marvel at the heavens and yet has no reverence no awe no respect for god at all um, but somehow thinks that black holes are fascinating and um you know in the realm of science and doubt that's that's where awe is inspired but even as as believers it is possible to experience and i think this is just relatable to everybody you know kind of functional atheism where you, you can just go about your day occupied with the stuff right in front of you and feel like almost completely unmindful of God. Um, You know, hearts not stirred to affection for God, or you just haven't thought about God for a while or whatever. Um, Or, you know, confessionally, I would say, I believe in God, but we can fall into apathy. Mm. Um, And, and so for this Psalm to just set out before us and, and help us meditate and reflect on the specific things that God has done to make his name majestic, not as a detached reality, but for the sake of our enjoyment. Like mm. God has made his name majestic so that we would praise him, so that we would see that and enjoy that. So when David says um, in verse one, you have set your glory above the heavens, that, that's an action God has done. Uh, out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foe so that's that's god uh verse three you know god's action verse three when i look at your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and stars which you have set in place again these are all things that god has done actions that he's taken so i forget how logan said it exactly but it it it, um affected me when he just said looking up at the heavens like god put these things there for us i think he said it's like weight training Mm. for the affections of our soul it's it's um it's not a trivial thing to look up at the night sky and marvel at the Mm -hmm. stars uh, to see the moon through the wonder of a child who's just amazed by this brilliant light hanging in the dark sky Mm -hmm. this psalm is like inviting us do that think about it When I think about these things, that's what David says. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, he's leading us into here's where my mind goes and here's here the thoughts that come to me. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just a great encouragement to us to open our eyes. Uh, Logan quoted GK Chesterton something about um, the world will never lack wonders, Mm -hmm. but wonder. How did Mm -hmm. that go? No, Uh, That's right. But we'll only suffer from a lack of wonder. Yes. Yeah. The world will never starve for want of wonders, but only for want of wonder. Yeah, that is provocative. That's just full of wonders that God has made. These are the works of his fingers, according to Psalm 8, for the sake of inspiring our wonder. But how often we just pass through it with very little wonder, if any at all. which is more a reflection of the apathy, the deadness of our own hearts. And yet here, here's like tangible stuff God has put right in front of us <laughs> to look at. And it's beautiful and it's awe-inspiring. And you could go on, as other psalms do, to talk, think of the mountains and the waves. And, you know, later on this psalm is talking about um, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and sheep and oxen and, you know, all of these things God has made. I, that just, um, that's good for the soul mm. to reflect on this stuff is not, it's not just filler stuff right. in the heavens and on the earth. It It's there to inspire awe and wonder of God. Yeah, that idea of
1: you know Hitchens saying, oh, a black hole, no, that would be really awe-inspiring. It, it, it makes the point that no matter what you confess, you are worshiping something or mm-hmm. are going to be affected and inspired by something. I remember uh, famous physicist uh, Lawrence Krauss once making the claim that, um, well... The universe is meaningless, and our place in it is hopeless. And I find that meaningful. Well, okay, <laughs> that just speaks to the the insanity of that. It's untenable. And but it also speaks to they are looking to the heavens and stopping. They are looking to the heavens and saying, once we get we once we figure out those things, then we can really understand them and then we can worship them and really what we're doing is trying to worship ourselves in our endeavor to understand them but they're stopping at the heavens and yet here David is making the Psalms you have placed your glory above those yeah. heavens so the, all the majesty that you know Hitchens and these guys want to say or they find awe-inspiring are just the works of his fingers like, yeah. imagine what he can do
0: with the rest yeah, you- of if you're in the heavens, you're still in the foothills. That's right. You, you've not actually <laughs> entered
1: into this glory. Yeah. And, and I think, well, in Lewis's Ransom trilogy, when, when Ransom gets kidnapped and brought out into the heavens, he, I think he makes a claim like, how could I ever think that this place was void and mm. cold and dark when actual, and, and as if planets were just merely um, harbors in the midst of this dead sea, mm. where in fact, this is where life is. These heavens are bright and alive mm. and, and warm, not cold. Um, and that that just totally affects your view of, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, this is why they call it, that's why the ancients called it the heavens. Yeah. And we in our materialistic world think that we've mastered it by just calling it space. right? Um, outer the void. space. Yep. Yeah. And, and that just speaks to the majesty that David is describing here in the Psalms of, we. this is just setting the calibration of our minds a little bit bigger than we think, mm-hmm. which gen- then just sets it up so well when it comes to what is man that yeah. you are mindful of him, mm-hmm. the son of man that you would care for him. For, for what, really, who are we that this great God would stoop yeah. to us? That that really this you know this literary tool of juxtaposition of putting the bigness of God, then all of a sudden, mm. hmm, what are we? Yeah. It really does have the effect and and all moving towards which is just land so powerfully when when you couple you know this psalm and David his context looking forward to the hope and the promises that God would do what he said he would to him of establishing a house for his name and um, one from his line will be a king oh nice (laughs) hello (laughs) whoa somebody from his line would be king forever so he's looking forward we now get to look back, and we get to look back through the eyes of the author of Hebrews yeah. to say something like, well, that's this, you have made him a little, little lower than the heavenly beings and crown him with glory and honor. This son of man that you care for him, that's Jesus. Mm. And, you know, the the, um, the 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 paradox of the majesty of God and the uh, humiliation, as we've said in the past, of man is all met in Christ mm. in him being both the God man, he is the the able to mediate force this be this bridge between us and God between this great chasm of the majestic heavens and us these mind these lowly creatures because yeah. of who Christ is and and ultimately what he's what he's done mm. and that's what makes this psalm just sing it really does it yeah. like I can that's incredible yeah yeah,
0: yeah it, it's it is. Well, inspired by the spirit of God, this Mm -hmm. is God's word, obviously, but the, it's just masterful the way that it draws us into that awe and wonder at the, the expanse of the heavens, the glory that we see above us. And, and who has not had that experience when you're standing there looking up at the night sky and you just are overcome with this sense of how small Mm -hmm. and you know, what goes along with that, I, I think is often the thought, um, small and insignificant. Yeah. You know, it, what am I like? A gnat, if a gnat dies, the universe doesn't care. And that's where atheistic materialists mm-hmm. kind of go that like, yeah, what does this matter at all? Right. What do any of us matter? Or I think you can have that experience flying in an airplane at 30,000 feet, looking down at the earth below and just thinking, this is so huge. I'm so small, what is any of us mm. in, in the grand scheme of things? And and yet as David raises that question, like that's where his mind goes, what is man that you are mindful of him? It doesn't conclude, that's right, we are nothing and God is not mindful of us and he doesn't right. care and we are insignificant, no, he, he marvels, we are tiny. God has made this massive universe and set his glory up above the highest heavens and yet he made man in his image to have dominion over mm. the works of his hands, the, the birds, the fish, the, the cattle. So so he's he's marveling at God's nearness. And like Logan pointed out in the sermon, you have these two ideas of God's transcendence. His, he is great and above and high and lifted up and totally set apart from everything else that he's created. We've talked before about the mm-hmm. creator-creature distinction. Mm-hmm. There's God he's in the creator circle and then everything else that exists you know spiritual physical it all goes in that created bubble um so god is set apart and other, and yet he's he's not disconnected and detached from it but he's near to us mm. and and just then to think on that because that's again relatable like don't we all struggle at times with the feelings of insignificance and what, what am i doing and what is my purpose and Day after day, it's all, you know, lawn needs to be mowed again. Dishes need to be <laughs> washed again. Tank is on empty again. Like mm-hmm. just the kind of the hamster wheel of yeah. <laughs> life. And and to be mindful as David is, as he is looking up at the heavens, that God has made us as humans with purpose. Mm-hmm. There There is a purpose to, to our lives, to history, to um, what God is doing in the world. Mm. I, this is just an incredible psalm again yeah. like logan helped us see to to stir our souls and to capture our our praise our passionate worship of god and that there's his woven throughout this is his
1: goodness to yeah. us yeah. um which you know it's one thing to be to talk about the majesty and glory of something mm-hmm. like atomic bombs are majest, are majestic and glorious and powerful and all the above it would not be good news to dwell in the midst of one of those, yeah. right? To yeah. like have that type of, uh, um, explosion nearby. And yet with God, you know, infinitely more powerful, infinitely more you know, mm. majestic. And he is good. So it's not good news to be near to something majestic and powerful. It's good news to be near towards somebody who is all that and more and good, good. and yeah. for your good and has acted in, and for your good. And then now in union with Christ, we now have and share with him in this dominion mandate. I I thought Logan, he quoted Alan Ross really powerfully. when He says doxology gives dominion its context Mm. and its legitimacy, Mm. which is just so helpful because if you remove, if you just talk about dominion these days, everybody gets freaked out. You're talking about, you know, what kind of dominion you're talking about? You're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what are you trying to rule and reign and whatever? Well, our dominion that we are called to exercise is all derived from, from and secured in mm. Christ, and this doxology is—it's God word. It's all—it gives us its context and its legitimacy. Our dominion is not just me trying to build my own kingdom over here, mm-hmm. but me trying to extend the kingdom of God on earth as is in heaven. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of all that is this humbling, Psalm. Yeah. Because uh, that really is like you think. As you go and kingdom build over here and try and set up your own world and your own own babble, really, you think you're trying to make your name great. Well, David steps in with Psalm 8 and says, No, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name Mm. in all the earth. Mm. This is real authority. This is the genuine thing. Um, And so anything we do, if it's going to have any legitimacy, any progress we're going to make Mm -hmm. here on earth has to be intrinsically tied to the God described in, in Psalm 8. Yeah,
0: that's excellent. That's uh, a great reminder to us that even as we respond to God's word and that culture mandate, dominion mandate that we see in Genesis 1, really at the root of it, like you're saying, is doxology, worship. um, The only right way to carry out God glorifying dominion on earth is for the sake of his name, his Mm. praise, his glory, not making a name for ourselves. So you, you see dominion gone wrong, in humans who still are in the image of God, but fallen and, and those who deny God, then can't help, but trying to take dominion, but it is for the sake of their own name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just heard recently about people who are trying to manipulate and control the weather. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, they're trying to take dominion, trying to yeah. subdue creation. Right. Um, and, and bend it all to their own purposes and, and aims rather than, beginning from a place of worship doing everything for the sake of honoring and glorifying god mm. which changes the questions you ask as you take dominion like mm. what what did god make this for what what's the purpose here what what kind of order does god want me to mm. bring in this area and as you said already the way that psalm 8 points to christ as the ultimate man I, I, this is a key text to understanding why our savior had to be fully man yes he had to be fully god for great and awesome reasons um but he also had to be fully man because this was god's purpose Hmm. god made the heavens and the earth and he set man on the earth crowned him with glory and honor gave him dominion over the works of his hands and adam failed in that Hmm. but in jesus those purposes of god are fulfilled you know if if not then you have god starting out with something and then scrapping that and just kind of being like we'll try right, it never mind. Yeah, we'll try this again. Do maybe. something different. Yeah. But instead in Christ you have God redeeming mm. creation, redeeming humanity through Christ the new Adam. So that text in Hebrews that quotes Psalm 8 and says this is about Jesus <laughs> and we don't yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who tasted mm. death for our sakes on That's our right. behalf, um, crowned with with glory and honor now. So mm. in all these things, I mean that just we can look at the heavens we can look at our own smallness and yet the the purpose god has given us and we can look at ultimately at christ and just see god has made his name glorious and majestic yes that should stir our hearts captivate us motivate mm-hmm. us be the the fire that causes our ambition for the the glory of god's name to mm-hmm. burn stronger with greater passion just uh, what a what a psalm yeah it was helped by how logan opened that up for us and let this psalm and the majesty of
1: god and his nearness to us like inform every part of our life yeah like like you said our filling the gas filling our cars with gas washing the dishes you know disciplining our kids Mm -hmm. and the 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 monotony that feels like is this all there is well david turns our eyes up and says it's
0: Way better and way bigger yeah. than you could ever imagine. Yeah. So God, help us to mm. have eyes to see how majestic your name is mm-hmm. as we go about all these things mm-hmm. and just to have eyes to see the wonders that you filled the world with. Yeah. What a what a great um, reminder that just redeems everyday life for us. Awesome. Mm. Thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm.